the Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, Jesus showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so now I send you. When he had said this, Jesus breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said, unless I see the, the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. So a week later, the disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered Jesus, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet who have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing in his name, you might have life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So on the evening of that first Easter, the disciples locked the doors for fear of the Jews. That's what John says. Of course, the, the disciples were Jews themselves, so they weren't afraid of Jews in general. Surely they feared the Jews who had killed Jesus. Even if they heard that Jesus was alive. They might have worried that they were the next to die. It was early that first Easter that Mary Magdalene had gone to the tomb, Jesus' tomb. She went alone. And right away that she saw that the tomb was open, that the stone had been rolled away. And she went and she got Peter 
and one of the other disciples. And they went inside and they saw nothing, not Jesus, only his burial clothes, which were neatly folded. And then the two men went home. But Mary stayed there and she wept. That's when Jesus met her. She ran back to the disciples. She told them what the disciples would later tell Thomas. I have seen the Lord. But by evening, the disciples had locked themselves in for fear of the Jews. And I wonder, though, were the disciples afraid of Jesus? Would you have been afraid of Jesus? I bet I would have been. I mean, Judas, one of their own, betrayed Jesus. Now, I can imagine all of the fear-motivated finger-pointing. It was him and not us. But I also can imagine the self-blame. Why did we not see this coming? Why didn't I do anything to stop it? Then Peter. Peter, when Jesus most needed a friend, Peter denied ever having known Jesus. Jesus himself had warned Peter this would happen. And the rest of the disciples, they deserted Jesus in that moment of deepest need. All of them but three women and one of the twelve. So what would Jesus have to say about all of this? What was coming to Peter and all the disciples if Jesus came? So they locked the door. But Jesus is the door, the very gate. And Jesus entered their house so full of fear. And standing there in front of them was Jesus, the true vine, the good shepherd, the bread from heaven, living water, resurrection, and life. And what did Jesus say? The peace be with you. In case they didn't really believe that it was peace, Jesus said it again. Peace be with you. And Jesus came back for Thomas too and said it a third time. Peace be with you. As God sent me, so I send you. Go forgive people. I mean, I don't know about you, but I find that this happens in my human relationships. People lock the door to each other. I have locked the door to others. I mean, this is just kind of a small, almost you know, small example. But recently I reconnected with a friend. Um, she had happened to be my writing coach, so I would write some things and she would read them and then respond to them. But we had been out of touch for a little while. And in her email back to me, she asked a question. And that question was the reason that I put off responding to her for a whole week. She asked, any new writing 
Now, I think we all know that the good people in our lives, they draw the best out of us. They make us believe that more is possible in ourselves and in this life. And that there are people who really listen to us and really hear us for who we are. They come to know what we really care about and the goals that we have for ourselves. And so it's in that hope that we commit to doing things that really are impossible. And the problem is that they die. They move away, or we move away. Somehow contact is lost between us. And I don't know about you, but even that memory of goodness can get twisted. Where this person, this memory becomes a, an avenger, becomes punishing, because I am often less than at my best. I'm achieving less than seemed possible, falling short of even my own goals. And all of this happens in the heart, in an instant, because of fear, it's, it's automatic. That's what happened when I, my friend asked me, any new writing? So finally, when I emailed her back, I noticed that I felt that threat. And I mean, this, this in itself, being aware of that, that's a minor miracle in itself. And I noticed how the words that I had written but not yet sent to her, I noticed how they were politely defensive. They were jokingly dismissive. The door was locked. And I remembered this story about Jesus bringing peace. Jesus brought peace and not a scolding. So I deleted what I was about to email to her and I started over. I unlocked the door. And I told her that I haven't written as much new stuff as I would like. And I was feeling guilty about that. But that I would take that guilt as an invitation to write. To have a conversation on the page with that voice of guilt. Instead of using it as an opportunity to beat myself up. It's the peace of Jesus that interrupts, interrupts guilt and shame. It's unexpected grace that invites us first to stop beating ourselves up and then to go forgive others. This did not happen just once for Mary Magdalene who stayed at the tomb. Jesus went again to the disciples who locked themselves in. And it wasn't just for them either because Jesus came back the next week for Thomas, Jesus keeps coming back every Sunday. Every Sunday until the touch of peace melts the fear that locks us in. My Lord and my God, Thomas said. So I try to interrupt beating myself up. Because Jesus is my Lord and my God, and Jesus does not scold me. And I try to trust that Jesus is the one that I will meet everywhere and always. And so 
I try to have some courage with other people. I forgive others for the same reason. Because I have seen the Lord. And the Lord is peace. With Deasia and DeAndre, I have been washed in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus has breathed Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit of peace and forgiveness on me just like you and on Marv and on Irina. Every Sunday, we get to put our hands on the broken edges of this bread, which is Jesus' body for us. That Holy Spirit is still working in us, Sunday by Sunday, ignoring all of our locked doors, finding us when fear drives us away from love, forgiving us, forgiving us, sending us, just like Jesus was sent. And nothing can take from you this peace and this purpose that Jesus gave to you. Neither death, nor moving away, nor falling out of touch, nor anything else. So even though there are dangers and reasons to fear in this life, the crucified one lives. And forgiveness is a risk worth taking. Thanks be to God.